Good morning. Good morning. And welcome. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit this morning. I think it's my voice. Not the, yeah, I guess you could turn it up. Anyway, we're going to speak a little bit from the Bhagavad Lila. Um, I believe it's the 23rd chapter of the 10th canon. I've been writing a uh, <coughs> Lila narrative section, second canto of the book that I'm presently working on, entitled Friends Forever, <coughs> Sakirati in Uttam Bhakti. <coughs> so, first canto is about the tattva that underlies the philosophy and theology, the ground out of which the spiritual emotion of fraternal love for God in in the pastoral uh, realm of uh, of of, uh, of love and intimacy. <clears throat> um, so that philosophical ground out of that the emotion of fraternal love and other emotions relative to one's culture and practice arise. So the first canto of the book is about the tattva, the ground, so to speak. Good to have that in place. And uh, and then the second canto is then a narrative of the Leela of the Bhagavatam, certain chapters that, uh, that deal primarily with uh, Sakura. So there are three basic centers of the uh, Bhagavatam, which is the the 10th canto of the, of the Bhagavatam, which is the center of the Bhagavatam. And they correspond with the three basic um, personalities uh, of Krishna, if you will, the son of Yashoda, hmm? the, the friend of Sridham, Subal, and the lover of Radha. Hmm? So that means parental love, fraternal love, and romantic love for Krishna that correspond with those three <clears throat> features of his personality mm-hmm. and make them possible. Mm-hmm. So the Bhagavad is a book that ostensibly the Bhagavad Purana is about Krishna, but if you look carefully, you'll see it's it's indirectly about Krishna to refer to uh, your question, Anvayad Vityrekabhyam. Hmm? We shall seek out Krishna. The, the, the Chatur sloka fourth of the Bhagavatam says directly under the good guidance of the Guru, directly and indirectly. So the book is directly about Krishna, but uh, indirectly, which is more important, is about love of Krishna hmm? and the embodiments of that love. Who, 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 along with Krishna, locate the love, give it a locus, hmm, and also inspire it. Hmm. They have a causal. These are called vibhavs, alambana vibhavs. Hmm. And we've been hearing about them in the mornings early also from the tattva section of the text. So, um, <clears throat> of those three centers, of the Bhagda, for example, you have the Vatsalya Center, and, and you have the Dhammadar Leela, which covers several chapters. It's quite an expansive um, narrative and very um, a great power to draw on the heart in that um, direction. And then you have, beginning with the 12th chapter, 
Brahma Vimohan Leela, which extends over three chapters, 12, 13, and 14, followed by the 15th chapter, is the slaying of Dinakasur, which is which summarizes, so to speak, the Poganda Leela, the boyhood, from the end of his Kumar Leela, end of his childhood, where his or Sakirati begins. Friendship, be, in other words, if you think back to your earliest days, to your friends, you're not going to think of people that you knew when you were only five years old or under. Because at five years old or under, the center of your locus, the center of your focus and your emotional life is your parents. Hmm? And then you separate out from them at their dismay, <laughs> right, in, in boyhood or girlhood, and start to make friends. Hmm? who they may not agree are the, are the best company for you and so forth. So, um, so at the end of Krishna's Kumar Leela, he's, he's just starting to now identify more with his, his uh, others, his own age and the kind of mischief that they will, will get into. <clears throat> And keep their parents up at night, right? So, um, so this is then begins in the twelfth chapter, in the famous Brahma Vimohan Leela, hmm, where Krishna's herding cows and uh, and uh, they had a picnic lunch. They've gone far enough into the forest now that they have to take a lunch with them for the first time. Prior to that, they were coming back for lunch. They could only go so far. Now they're staying out the whole day. And that will continue on then, day after day, eternally. So Brahma Mohan Lila, Brahma comes and uh, sees them and is amazed by Krishna's intimacy with his friends, the slaying of Bhagasura. It's a huge, um, many, many, many uh, events and philosophical and theological insights. And that in the context of these very powerful feelings of friendship that are conveyed through the text. This is the excellence of the Bhagavatam, what, how it differentiates, differentiated from all other Puranas, and all, and certainly the the Itihasas, the histories, the the Upanishads, uh, the Vedic ritual texts, and so forth. It's it's by its own description a, a kind of a kavya or a rasyastra. Nigamakopatro galitam palam shukamukaramata Pivata Bhagavatam Rasam Malayam Oraho Rasikabhubi Bhavukaha. So it's meant for for uh, tasting bhakti rasa. So Sakyaras one of these. So there's the Sakyarasa center, right? So those three chapters, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, then the fifteenth chapter begins with his boyhood, the Poganda Lila. And it's a summary, so to speak, of the Poganda Leela, kind of things that happen typically, characteristically, into now he, the end of the chapter he starts turning into a Kishore or an adolescent. Hmm? And uh, then within the adolescent Leelas we have the slaying of of Perlamba. And throughout, which is a, a, a Leela in which Balaram is prominent, as he is in the, prior to that, the, the Dinakasur Leela. There's the Kaliya Leela. These are all uh, Kaliya Leela, I should say, is a Poganda Leela. And then, then comes the slaying of Perlamba on the part of Perlamba, of part of Balaram, an adolescent Leela, but 
then there's the two forest fires that come hmm, that are dealt with by Krishna all just amongst his circle of himself and his friends one of them in the larger community who camped out overnight after the chastising of Kali on the banks of the Jamuna so forth so all these are an ex, ex, kind of extended chapters dealing with um, centered on this uh, Krishna as the friend of Sridham Subal paternal love um, however in the narrative I have I'm continuing the narrative up to the Rasalila which is the end <laughs> so to speak there that's the that's the, the so moving on from the slaying of Perlumba, for example, um, we come to um, the um, we come to the um, the that occurred in the summer season, and of course the summer season is is showcased there because summer is a time when play increases. The days are longer, the nights are shorter, and the water is very refreshing. So there's swimming pastimes, which otherwise are not available to the same extent. Um, so all this is brought out in in, in, in that summer chapter, if you will, uh, the slaying of Perlambasur. So for the summer, it turns to the monsoon. And then the Bhagavatam is a beautiful chapter describing the monsoon and the autumn season. And so... Uh, in describing that, writing about that, I also then wrote briefly about some of the pastimes that occur, for example, during the autumn season, like the Govardhan Leela, like the like the the uh, Venu Gita, where the where the gopis are glorifying the flute of Krishna. Hmm? In the context of that, of course, Govardhan is glorified by Radharani as the best of devotees, and of course he's he's an, he, he is said to be in terms of being a devotee, a, a very the very uh, personification of Sakyarasa. Vishnu Chakri Thakur says, Govardhan attained perfection through Sakyarasa. Hmm? And, um, of course, he's very much... Um, Rupa Goswami also uh, glorifies him, in a, in Govardhan, in a nice way through in Don Kali Leela, which uh, also occurs during the summer, so I've dealt with that in a synopsis form also, uh, when Krishna and his friends um, play uh, as a king and his subjects. Hmm? And Krishna appoints ministers amongst his friends and so forth. And the gopis who happen to be passing to, to deliver milk to a sacrifice are taxed. A toll booth is set up, and it's a very beautiful exchange um, where Purvarag, the, the beginning of exchange of love between Radha and Krishna, a kind of separation that's, that restricts them from expressing themselves to one another fully by circumstance. It's very beautiful. Uh, this, is, this is what's really... Tr- uh, traded or that's the cost right Hmm? the toll Radha's love for Krishna is the toll so at any rate in that Dandakini there's a nice uh, voice uh, penned by Rupa Goswami um, of Vrindadevi where she turns at a certain point in the gopi's trajectory 
through the toll booth to Govardhan and says, see, just see the Govardhan. Hmm? He's better than Anantasesh. Because Govardhan, as you may know, is long and rectangular and he has many peaks. So she likens his many peaks to the many heads of Anantasesh hmm, that are always glorifying Krishna and his body hmm, to the better than Anantasesh, providing more than a bed, as Ananta does for Vishnu, but a whole playground for Krishna, hmm, who said to be like Narayan. Hmm? And so uh, Vrindadevi is stating the fact that Govardhan is also a manifestation of Balaram better than Ananta Sesh, because Ananta Sesh is his only, his expansion only. Hmm? So uh, another way of looking at Balaram, uh, excuse me, of, of Govardhan as Krishna and as also friend of Krishna, hmm? right? as also as devotee of Krishna, as Balaram is, so Govardhan is. And of course, Vishnu Chakvati Thakur says in his Prajariti mm, Chintamani, when Radha is walking on Govardhan and she sees a dark stone, she's reminded of the sapphire like Krishna and pays her respect to Krishna. When she sees the crystal stones, white stones, then she pays her respect to Balaram. Hmm. Krishna Balaram ki jai. Govardhan ki jai. So, so anyway, word about Govardhan and, uh, and, and, the, and the real essence of that Leela which you might think is the power of Krishna demonstrating that he's God lifting the hill. Hmm? But this um, majesty that he displays in Braj, this is an example of it, is really not the, the real power that's being underscored in the Bhagavatam. What's being underscored, if you listen carefully, if you read carefully, would mean you read and hear, as Agnidev has insightfully told us, hear the Bhagavat from a Bhagavat. Hmm? You'll think otherwise, Krishna is very powerful. Oh, he lifted the Govardhan hill. But if you re- if you listen carefully, to those who are living in the Bhagavat, the Bhagavat person, you'll find the real power of the story is the friends of his lifting, holding their sticks up. Hmm? And the power of their, their, their fraternal love. Hmm? The power, Krishna is lifting the hill and trying to, from a rasa point of view, from a rasic point of view, as a rasika tasting sakirasa himself, being the ashray of sakirasa, his friends in this case, in relation to him being the objects, or the, the vishaya of alambana, he wants to show them his his the power, his, his heroism, heroism and his strength to the qualities of Krishna that are udipanas for, for sakirasa. And his vira, hmm? vira rasa and sakirasa, he wants to show them, but they're not convinced of his power, so they're holding their own sticks up. And this is the power of their praying that the Leela is really showcasing. Hmm? The whole thing, a big event, all that goes on with it, and then the lifting of the hill itself. But what's missed by some, of course, is that uh, that power has no power hmm, to diminish the power of Sakyaprema that his friends have, and the other devotees in other other rasas. Hmm? 
And the evidence, of course, comes from the friends who are putting their sticks up and, and holding the hill. And that power of their praying is what has Bhagawan, the Absolute, in that position, in, in their pocket, so to speak. So the point being that lifting Gobadan Hill is, is one thing, but the power to take the person who can lift Govardhan Hill, etc., and make him afraid, if you're his friend and you're upset with him, that is, that's real power. <laughs> so it's showcasing the power of, of Prem. We need that. We cannot dispel the power of Maya's influence, but Prem has the power to what to speak of dispel the power of Maya's influence to overwhelm God. That's what Krishna means. Krishna means God overwhelmed. Hmm? Afraid again of Mother Yasoda chastising him or afraid that Radha will be upset with him. And, hmm? Defeated in wrestling even by his friends and so having to carry them on his shoulders. This is so the Bhagavad his point is about is about Prem. It's about love of Krishna. Seems to be about Krishna, but if you look carefully, it's about the love of Krishna, which is indirectly Krishna and non different from him. So uh So these Leelas and just some touching on them here and there, they're not exclusively about Sakyarasa, but there are points in them where where Sakyarasa is brought out, so I've put them together anyway, so coming to the to the topic tonight, um after the this Govardhan, of course, is an, is a, is an autumn lila, the seventh year of Krishna, and after that comes that's the Radha's month, Kartik Mas, and then followed by Margashirsha, Krishna's month, as he says in the Gita, and then the young Kumaris, they make a vow to have Krishna as their husband, and they fast and worship Katyayani, and and so we have to touch on that because Krishna's friends are also participating in that in an interesting way. Four of them, they come with him, right? Hmm? Sridham, Sudham, Vasudham, Kinkini, described in the Tantras as as the personification of his Krishna's Antakarna, his chit his his his, his chitta, his buddhi, his uh, uh hunkar and manas. Hmm? Personified as these these four. So you know the story a little bit. I won't go into it. It's not our subject today. But um, after this Leela, of course, this Leela is, is the romantic life of Krishna is starting to come on more and more. And uh, there is a virtual Gandharva marriage that takes place uh, during this uh, Bastraharana Leela where he comes and steals their clothes while they're bathing in the, in the Jamuna. And Krishna says that... Uh, that the Gandharva marriages that are based simply on um, mutual feelings for one another, they are the height of Dharma. <laughs> Just in case you wondered. You're all pretty Vedically connected here. <laughs> Vedic marriage. It's also stated in the Mahabharata in Kali Yuga only the Gandharva marriage is possible. So, so um, mutual feelings for one another hmm. is the impetus. So uh, he tells the girls that, and he says, and so and, and we'll we'll consummate this 
in the in the near future. And of course, then winter season comes. Hay month is the pre-winter season, Margashirsha, and then the winter season comes, and it's kind of a quiet time. And so Krishna is more or less, he's a little frustrated. Um, well, after the Gopi Bastarhan Lila Jiva Goswami has his own chapter that's kind of a sub-chapter addition to that where Krishna plays his flute practices on his flute which the wonder that he received from Shiva during the Govardhan Lila afterwards as a gift and um, he's able to bring all the gopis but he cannot get Radha she passes out and can't take a step in this direction and so he's brought to her by Madhu Mangal and there's a a uh, beautiful description there of of, of um, uh, how Madhu and uh, and Brindadevi mitigate the or negotiate the uh, deal with the problem of her comatose condition and uh, the remedy that is required of Krishna reaching out and, and touching her heart and his dharmic unwillingness to do so, being a brahmachari hmm? externally and melting inside. Um, feverish, exhibiting all types of sattvika bhavas and so forth. A message was sent, of course, prior, um, written by Radha on a champak uh, flower. Champak is a kind of uh, magnolia, very fragrant in Southeast Asia, that um, you may not know this, but Chanel number no. five is drawn from a champak. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I need more researchers for this kind of thing. But yeah, Chanel number no. five. So it's very fragrant. Mm. 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 So. Uh, <laughs> So she wrote it on there and gave it to Brenda, and it said, uh, "the the chumpak lata, it's you know the, or the flower is, is is yellow, golden, and it should be wrapped around the, the 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 dark tamal tree." That is her message. She wrote, and only Brenda Davy can bring this about. Hmm? So Brenda delivers that message to uh, to Krishna. Hmm? And so, uh, so he plays his flute. So, as, as I mentioned in the Kedar Raga, which the Kedar also means field. So he he sows, so to speak, he creates a, a field that in which he's the, des- the desires of the gopis are sown hmm, uh, for loving him. This is, oh, and and so they they come, but again, Radha doesn't make it because she, she passes out. So he's brought to Radha. And, Manda Mongol brings him at the request of uh, Purnamasi, and who takes her to her hut in the forest. And there you'll find so Vrinda Devi comes, Madhu's there, and Krishna's there, and Radha, and so forth. And Madhu does the necess- what's necessary. He's a little angry at Krishna's brahmachariness, hmm? uh, seeing Radha's condition, knowing the facts, frustrated with him. And so he, he escorts Purnamasi outside, and stations Brindadevi there in between Radha and Krishna has a little little um, 
conversation with her and then stations himself outside looking through the window of the hut ready to give further advice if if need be and Devi is successful and um, she asks Krishna to stand before her and, and look at her if he won't touch her look at her and he can't look his ear his ties are now full of tears hmm? then he gets a glimpse at her eyes and of course he sees himself through her eyes as she's seeing him and feeling him hmm? and so he becomes more immobilized and so forth and Brenda David says touch her touch her hmm? he doesn't know what to do so she finally just grabs his hand and puts it on Radha's heart and she comes comes to of course and, and um, then He's embarrassed in front of Brenda Davy and he has to stumble out and fall into the hands of Mother Mongol, who stabilizes him as they rejoin their friends and start to make light of the situation uh, and so forth. So anyway, this is a beautiful section, and, and and this is followed by the chapter that we want to discuss, which is the, which is the last chapter uh, that I'm going to write about Alila, other than other and otherwise, otherwise maybe a summary. Um, Leading to the, um, as I say, the uh, the Rasalila. So this is now in the summertime, again of now of his of his um, seventh year, just prior to his eighth year, because you know, his birthday will be in August, and um, in that eighth year, then he'll rendezvous with the gopis in Rasalila, and we come to the five chapters, this Madhurya Rasa center of the tenth canto, kind of the. Tenth canto, the center of the Bhagavatam. It has three centers, and the Madhurya Rasa is the center of the of the centers, even right? that being the highest reach of of uh, of prem distributed by Mahaprabhu Gopi Bhav. So, um, and that's of course where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears, right? The genesis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Rasalila. So I, I ended the first chapter of the book, which is a beautiful description of. Balaram Tattva, the personification of friendship of Sakyarasa. And um, in the context of writing about him, we have to write about what is his role in relation to Madhurya Rasa. So we've done that. And then and then, with regard to Madhurya Rasa, we, we had to speak a little bit about it. And, and what comes out of it, of course, is Chaitanya Leela. So my first chapter in the Tattva section ends with that, which takes us from the mytho-historic realm of Braj to Gorlila. And we're looking for Balaram there. Where is he? He comes along. Oh, in, in Mahaprabhu's about, what, 22nd year or something? I forget, I think, yeah. Um, 22nd, 23rd year. 12 years older than him. Enters into um, Navadweep, and now the wide scale dispensation is everything's in place for that. And it's on this extraordinary dispensation of, of Gore Prem everywhere. Um, so, at any rate, the first chapter ends touching on the Rasa Leela, and then the last chapter of the Leela narrative ends with um, we're back in the same place again. Rasalila. But the chapter prior to the five chapters on the Rasalila is a beautiful chapter where Sakyarasa is nicely showcased as well. 
And that is a chapter in which Krishna does a, glorifies the trees of Vrindavan. Hmm? Um, that's actually a preface to the chapter of four, five, eight, six verses, something like that, in the chapter itself. Hmm? So I'm going to read a little bit and I'll comment as we go forward. Um, if we don't get through it today, it's morning, we'll get through it tonight. Hmm? So, on one hot summer day of his eighth year, Krishna turned his friend to his friends and began to glorify the trees of Braj. Bhagavatam begins this narrative referring to Krishna as Devaki Sutra. Devaki Sutta, excuse me, Devaki Sutta. Devaki Sutta means the son of Devaki. And the significance of this is that he has wandered in the forest a great distance further than normal. Hmm? So much so that he's just on the outskirts of Mathura. In Mathura is the metropolitan center of Krishna Leela in, in Golok, or as it manifests on, on this planet. You have the rural, uh, bucolic, brudge, and then the metropolitan Matura and then the extension of that, which is kind of the the heavenly and celestial Dwarka, being a city blessed by the gods who sent gifts and and uh, it's it's well celestial. So, so we have a celestial uh, realm in, in Golok. We have a metropolitan and a rural realm, and they are. Celestial realm is said to be perfect, Krishna and Dwarka. In the metropolitan Mathura, he's said to be more perfect. And in rural Braj, most perfect. Hmm? So, he's in the most perfect Braj, but he's just on the outskirts near Mathura, where Krishna is thought of uh, in terms of uh, as the son of Devaki the son of Vasudev, hmm? um, certainly by their parents, by, 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 by Vasudev and Devaki, and, um, and some others. Hmm? His, this is the name, Devaki Sutta, that um, speaks of him also in terms of uh, the idea that he's a Kshatriya, a prince, a, a teacher of Dharma, Hmm? In in Braj, he's thought of as as an Abhira, Vaisha, the, the tinge of Brahmanism in him, hmm? <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, not educated. Uh, these are you know out in the woods people, right? Hmm? Um, When he goes to Mathura, of course, then that princely, I mean, what is one of the first things he does? He steals Kamsa's clothes from the tailor and puts them on himself. Hmm. Right? He slays Kamsa, he becomes the prince, uh, and takes his people to Dwarka, and and uh, and, and uh, Krishna, Vasudev Krishna, and uh, and Maha, and Mool Sankarshan, 
Krishna and Balaram of of Mathura and Dwarka are now manifest for their leelas. And in these leelas, Krishna's establishing Dharma. You know, he'll speak the Bhagavad Gita. He has his more noble uh, dharmic personality, whereas in the Braj, he seems adharmic at times. Hmm? Right? He's mischievous, he's a thief, he's eloped in the night. And... Um, um, and violated the Dharma it appear, ostensibly, or so it would appear, right? So here he's he's referred to as Devaki Sutta because he is near Matura and he's also going to deal in this Leela with Dharma, Varnashram Dharma, in relation to Bhakti. This is a big topic in the Bhagavatam that. Uh, is uh, dealt with philosophically from the very first canto on. So by Pumsa Paro Dharma Yato Bhakti This book is about Parabhakti or Paradharma, Parodharma, Prema Dharma. It is beyond ordinary Dharma. Ordinary Dharma means a small g moral life, the moral life, the caged life. Hmm? Having come from the wild of animality. Hmm? We were speaking about this the other night. What was the question that brought it up? Uh, I think it was your question about free will. Hmm? We were speaking about the nature of agency uh, for the jiva in human life. And we said that the more that the jiva... The atma is influenced by material nature. The more its will is is, is covered over, and has less capacity to be to be a determining factor, an agent, right? Because having invested one's will in material nature, nature responds from that kind of taking and exploitation. Hmm? This is karma. You took, so you owe. Hmm? Then, uh, then, then you reinforce certain habits, and you 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 train your brain to act in a certain way. Hmm? So it's going auto automatically, functioning automatic, and you're not even there. Hmm? And so you've done things, you've got the reaction to them. Those reactions are causing you to do the same things again and again and again. And so your own ability as a, as an agent of action to counteract that, to act differently. Is um, limited, and to, to illustrate this point further, relative just to something that comes to mind here as we we're discussing tonight, today, in animal life, it's said that the atma is not culpable for anything it does. It means its capacity to be an agent hmm, and do anything other than carry out reactions that have are resulting from one's misuse of will in human life. That, that's all they can do. So the will becomes more covered. Hmm? And the more it comes out of the influence of material nature, under the influence of bhakti, sarup shakti, the more one becomes an, an, really an agent, such that the liberated mukta, one of his qualities is what? <coughs> Satya sankalpa. Whatever he wills happens. Hmm? 
whatever he wills happens. Satya Sankalpa. Of course, to one extent or another, depending on how he's approached that ideal of mukti, um, his desires are going to be under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. That's why they're fulfilled. Because the Sarup Shakti, this is this power, this this, this kind of environment that uh, the Leela, the play of Krishna is in, encased within and it's all favorable. And uh, so expressing itself, that's Shakti, in innumerable, newer and newer ways to please him. So when you're in that environment, your desires will only be to please him. Hmm? Those are the only desires that will manifest because that's what the whole atmosphere is about. The Maya Shakti has a different environment and atmosphere that lets you think um, that, uh, um, what do you might say, desires based on the sense of personality that's arisen out of your identification are in your interest. They're not. Hmm? Right? So, in this, so and then the more you come under the Sarup Shakti, like we're talking about in the Brajalila, then, then that satyasankalpa feature of the mukta, uh, that will is even in competition with Krishna's will, sometimes, and sometimes it will win, win over Krishna. Sometimes the lila shakti will predominate over the satyasankalpa shakti. But that's what you wanted. You wanted to love Krishna in a certain way, as a friend or as a lover, and within that comes separation. You may not want him to go, but Lila Shakti predominates. He has to go for certain reasons. Hmm. Hmm. That is also the indirect, right? Hmm. Directly and indirectly in Bhav means union and separation. And don't dismiss the union. Don't dismiss the separation. Hmm. It's inseparable from Prem. It's the high and the low tide, so to speak, of love and their virtues on both sides, right? So, in this chapter, again, in the very onset, Krishna is described as Devaki Sutta, so that there's significance to that. It speaks of, oh, uh, his Chatriya, Dharmic uh, manifestation that, that's, that, as I say, expresses itself in Matura. He's close to Matura. Hmm? And so this, what this chapter is doing, among other things, is, as I said, there is in the Lila narrative for the first time, throughout the text and from the very beginning, practically philosophically speaking, the relationship between Bhakti and Varnashram are described. And Bhakti stands on the head of Varnashram. Sarva, I mean, that's how the Gita ends, and that's how the Bhagavatam begins. How does the Gita end? Sarva Dharman Pritya And the cowards will speak this very verse in their own poetry in this chapter. Sarva Dharman Pritya Give up Varnashram with the worship of many gods, beautiful as it is, grateful to the sun, grateful to the moon, grateful to the wind, grateful to the water. And we should live in that way. It's a beautiful, beautiful way, but we don't want to live in this world. <laughs> Uh, we want to live in his world, right? in the playground of God. Hmm? So that's only small g good. Hmm? That's a caged life. Hmm? Do it like this. That's a world of rules. Do it like this. Don't do it like that. Don't. But if you love, you don't need rules. right? 
then you know what to do. Mm. So, so Bhagavatam is it's like the New Testament of the Vedic literature. Forget the law. This is about a love. Hmm? And that shouldn't be misunderstood, of course. Devotees are very virtuous people. If they are Sharanagatas, they only accept what's favorable for Bhakti. Oh, you couldn't find a more virtuous person. But he doesn't, she doesn't need Varnashram to be virtuous. Bhakti will make them virtuous and much, much more. Hmm? Bringing them from the small G good to the capital G good, absolute good. It's so absolutely good that even if you violate the small g for the absolute good, if at all necessary on some rare occasion, you're good. <laughs> hmm? You're better than good. Krishna says, if they do that, praise their violation of the small g good and you will become good. Chipram bhavati dharmatma sashvachantim negachati apichad sudaracharu bhajate mamananyabhak sadureva samantavya from the Braj perspective, Krishna is saying, if my devotees do something that looks adharmic, if you praise their adharmic activities, you will become dharmic. That is their position. Difficult to understand. You know, to hear this uh, from so many angles, to understand what's being said in the text. It's a very, very deep. Hmm? So here, my point is that in the Bhagavad, from the very onset, the Gita ends with, forget the Varnashram, the small good. That's not what I'm teaching here. I'm teaching Mamekam. Take shelter of me alone. All the gods will be pleased by that. In a way that you could not possibly please him by trying to please each and every one of them. You can't please all the gods because what pleases the gods itself is a cause of misery. Hmm? That's a fact. (laughs) Material pleasure is the beginning of misery. Material attachment, Krishna says in the Gita, is the womb from which suffering is born. So the demigods are also attached to material enjoyment. Hmm? Worship them, they'll give you a piece of theirs. Hmm? And they will enjoy that. Hmm? So, he says, stop, you know, stop with that stuff. That's for the, hmm, what does he call them? What kind of people? And something less intelligent? What's, what's the Gita? That's another one. Those are the demons. They're, they're, yeah, they have bad intelligence, but... In worship of the gods, he says, you know, this is for the less intelligent people. Um, So, be smart, he says. Take shelter of me alone. Embrace Ananya Bhakti. Mamekam Sharanam. Be a, be a Sharanagata, the outer expression of, of Shraddha. And if in the course of doing that, people of the world accuse you of not following, not knowing which way to urinate, which is like part of the Varnashram, what direction at what time, and so many rules and so forth, don't worry about it, he said. 
I got your back, is what Krishna says. Mame kam sharanam, what does he say, Brother? Aham tvam sarva pape moksha ishami masucha. So this teaching is there. The end of the Gita and the Bhagavatam is the theological sequel to the Gita, so it begins with the same thing. Dharma projitakaita bhotra paramoni ramatsaranam satan. Agni said it himself. Dharma arta kama vansha. This is the desire for Dharma arta kama, pleasures of the world, even virtue, from a, just from a material point of view. Desires for these, these, they are the tamon. They 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 get in the way. Um, and and the, the the light they cover the light by contrast of prem hmm? it makes these things small and it makes them disappear they are kaitaba dharma hmm? krishna says that the, the desire for these things this is kaitaba this is the dharma in which you cheat yourself out of a out of much more than what you than than uh, you cheat yourself out of real sense of self-satisfaction, which is which is the satisfaction of Hari. Samsidir, Hari Toshanam. This is Dharma. However much Hari is pleased, you have become a Dharmic person. Mahajanoyenagatasapanta. Right? Dharmasya tattva nihitam guhayam mahajanoyenagatasapanta. Where is the Dharma? Dharmasya tattvam nihitam guhayam. It's hidden in the hearts of great devotees, like Krishna's friends, who wear that on their sleeve. Hmm? And we'll see here, in this narrative, what, what's taking place here, among other things, is this is the first time in the Bhagavatam, in the context of the Leela narrative, that this subject is dealt with. Hmm? What is bhakti in relation to Varnashram? Hmm? So, a Varnashramish, a, a name, a name of Krishna, uh, Devaki Sutta, which um, uh, speaks of him as the son of Devaki, the son of Vasudev, in which he appears to be more dharmic, in an ordinary sense. Right, of the term Upanishadic hmm? knowledge and Dharma, not this love thing that may look adharmic and may look like ignorance, ignorance is bliss, and, and so forth. Right, so, um, so this, this name and this in relation to what Krishna wants to in this Leela, um, among other things, he wants to. Uh, uh, um, examine or instruct his friends and through them us mm-hmm, on the the difference between an ego arising out of bhakti and ego arising out of varnashram. Mm-hmm. The former of which, mm-hmm, in this chapter, he um, he very much. Um, the uh, form of, of which is is uh, exemplified in the main characters of the, uh, in one sense, of the uh, Leela that, that the chapter is titled after. 
They are who? The wives of the some very dharmic brahmanas hmm, from Mathura. Hmm. And these wives, they were, uh, uh, they were, they were, uh, um, they had heard, they were simple in one sense, their husbands were out doing these big rituals, hum, pot, hum, this, and, and so many things. And they would keep themselves by cooking, for the sacrifice and doing their part when asked for. But in all their spare time, what had happened to them was sometimes from Braj, uh, there was uh, uh, exchange with, with Matura. So if you, if, you had, if you were a garland maker hmm, from the forests of Braj, flowers, hmm, and then you would bring your flowers to Matura to trade to market them, right? Or if you maybe you were a spice metal nut maker, you know, a collector, then you would so some some ladies who had these trades, Vaishas from Brudge, who, like everyone else in Brudge, the only thing they were preoccupied with was Krishna, they talked about. So they bring the garlands and they met the Brahmins' wives who would Purchase the garlands for the yagyas or, or or whatever, and then they hear about Krishna. They heard about Krishna. Hmm? They got bhakti samskars in this way, hmm? and so they 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 weren't given anything important to do because they were just women, right? Hmm? <laughs> and so they just talked about Krishna all day long. <laughs> That's all they did. Hmm? And they didn't know the intricacies of all the sacrifices and everything. And, and you know, that was for the men. They knew all that complicated, important stuff. And we were, you know, come home, let's have a nice meal there, okay? <laughs> Cook nicely, and I'll do the sacrifice. And I'm the provider, and uh, and so forth. This is, of course, the Purusha Bhav. And Purusha Bhav is, is what comes out of Varnashram. To one extent or another, that's what it. That's what it gives you. Purusha I'm the center. I'm the. There's an identity that comes out of it. It can be harnessed and caged. Hmm? I mean, it's, you're coming from animality to humanity, and so now you're you're a human. You, you, okay, but we need to cage you a little bit so that you, you don't act like an animal. Hmm? And we still let you. You know. Okay, it's still we, we go with it. We go with the flow. You think you're. You know. You got animals got the Purusha Bhav too, obviously. You, me first, you know, and so so that so okay, we got that. We'll deal with it. Let's just just kind of harness it a little bit, you know. You can't be a Purusha Bhav in every respect, you know. You got not here, not here, not there. You can't just go jump on somebody in the mall, you know, because you like them, right? And so so the moral life and the law of the Dharma is to kind of cage you and tame you a little bit. And Bhakti's open the door, maybe even the back door, you know, if, it, if it's powerful enough to, like, do everything that the caging does and more. And so it's possible to go from the caged condition directly to bhakti without the, the door being 
opened and you being a virtuous person and you know okay you can get a little more responsibility now it's possible by sadhu sangha mm-hmm. but of course if that's actually happening then we should see dharmic sensibilities coming within one hmm? before prem comes hmm? through the work of prem hmm? in, in, in the srup shakti hmm? who comes into the heart and krishna nam comes into the heart and it's going to decorate it first it has to clean it up right hmm? So, so these two egos here, and what that that practice, um, even scriptural practice, which fosters one or the other, these are being uh, showcased and contrasted. Mm-hmm. And with regard to the bhakti ego, personified, of course, in these uh, in, in these wives mm-hmm. of the Brahmins, who just were living for the darshan. We think, well, why didn't they just go in the brudge and have it? Because their husbands wouldn't let them go there. You heard from some flower lady about, you know, Krishna, and there's some idea that he's divine, you know. Uh, yeah. They couldn't go for that. Hmm? He's supposed to be the son of Vasudeva. Anyway, what's he doing over there? Hmm? They didn't, they, they didn't understand him. Hmm? But the Bhagavatam, you know, it introduces just by this one name, Devaki Sutta. I mean, this is all implied, right? This is what's going on in this chapter, among among other things. So, um, so Krishna is now, as I said, he's wandered far, and he's near Mathura, and and he happens to be in an Ashok grove. Ashok is a type of tree. Ashoka. Ashoka means misery. And Ashok means to end misery. So he looks at the trees around him in the forest. And he's thinking of these Brahmins. So the, the, the subconscious omniscience of Krishna is, is very functional in this Leela. And it's orchestrating this whole affair because his omniscience is not um, done away with or it's not... Um, those who petition him feelingly, it's not uh, his ability to hear those prayers is not lost by his absorption in in the Brajlila. Hmm? In the Brajlila, he's absorbed in loving Krish, loving Radha and his friends and so forth, and he's not thinking of himself as God, right? He's thinking, it's, it's, "I'm a friend. I'm I need Radha's company." Hmm? I'm the son of Yasoda. That's how he's thinking. But his sub, in his subconscious, if you will, his omniscience is there. Hmm? It's underground. But when devotees pray to attain him in Rag Marg, hmm? as Vishnu Chakti Thakur explains in Rag Chandrika, he can hear their prayers. Hmm? They want this. They want this. Everybody wants something from me. They want things from me, karma, or they want to get away from things. Gyan, and do nothing, and have peace. Or they want to worship me because they're told it's the right thing to do, dutiful. But these people of Braj, they're not like that. Hmm? They just love me, that's all. And you want to be like them. You've got my ear. This is what he said. You got my ear. Hmm? Everybody wants something from me, but these people, I mean, 
uh, what is it? Uh, Amikitu China, Amikitu China, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. I don't want anything. Amikitu China, I don't want anything. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. They live in Chintamani Dham. From the dust, you can get anything you want. From the cows, Kamdenu, you can get anything from the rudder. From the trees, Kalpabriksha, and they don't want anything. Except to please Krishna. So the wealth there is its prem. Therefore, Narutam says, Golokar premodhan horinam sankirtan. That wealth of prem is coming from Golok and through the medium of this kirtan, Namsam Kirtan, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has brought it. Hmm. So, Krishna's with his friends, he's in an Ashok grove, hmm. and he speaks about, he wants to, he, he, he seeks to extend the circle of his friends to include the trees, and this is how he looks at them. He looks at the trees, and he sees more than the author of The Hidden Life of Trees. Or what's that book called? <laughs> Secret Life of Trees. Hmm? I think it's one of, there's one about trees, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are reading it and their minds are blown about the secret lives of trees. They should read it. Krishna knows about the trees and the kind of trees of Braj. So he, he, it's just a way he looks at the world first, in a general way, he's looking at trees. In a more specific way, he's also speaking about the special kind of trees in Braj that are of this genre or that um, type. Gen- what is it? What's the word for them? This species or that species. But they're all wish-fulfilling at the same time. Hmm? You know, he wants to glorify them and his dom. But besides that, in a broader way, he's, he, he's thinking of these Brahmins. Hmm? You see, his omniscience is hearing the prayers of these women hmm, that are complaining about their husbands. And he's, he's very sympathetic, very empathetic. And I know what you mean. Hmm? I got it. You got my ear. They're a trip. I know you don't want a solution. You just wanted somebody to listen. <laughs> I'm not offering a solution. I'm just being me and listening. And then they, they're, the solution is at hand, right? And it's him. Actually, he is a solution. He's such a good listener. Hmm? If, you, if you approach him in the right way, you can get his ear hmm? and have capture his heart. They've captured his heart at this point. And for this reason... This is what's driving him now to go so far into the forest, so far into the forest that the 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 assistant that Mother Yasoda has has given a lunch to and sent him out to, which is typical to bring lunch out, can't find him. He can't find him. Where is he? All the typical haunts I've been. He's so far. He went to Kamivan, and then all the way to the south, to the Jamuna near the border of of of, of Mathura. So he can't find him. Hmm? No lunch. Hmm? And Krishna begins to now. He's come there for for these ladies. 
actually. He's, he's come there for them. Hmm? He's forgotten about eating, hearing their, hearing their prayers. Hmm? And Krishna's a big eater. He's a big appetite. Right? Hmm? It'll become a problem for his friends, as we see in this Leela, but it's so beautiful. So there he is for them, right? And so he now he begins to glorify the trees of Vrindavan. And he's thinking of the wives of the Brahmins, so uncharitable, so absorbed in the Dharma of the Varnashram without knowing its purpose. Hmm? The husbands, did I say that? The husband. They, 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 they. He's thinking of them. The obstacles to the Brahmanis' uh, desire to meet with him. Hmm? Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're actually providing a negative impetus. So there's some positivity to them. Hmm? But he wants to, again, bring out for our sake and teach his, his friends this difference between Varnashram and Bhakti. Right? So he begins to glorify the trees. And what is he thinking of? Among other things, he's thinking, these trees are better than those guys. Hmm? That's what I'm saying. Uh, it, 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 trees can be like this, he says. So, if trees can be like this, certainly humans should be. So, what does he say? He says, appreciating the umbrella, this is the summertime, so it's very hot. Appreciating the umbrella that's provided by this grove of Ashok trees that they've come under. Hmm? Krishna addresses his friends as follows. This is a verse from the Bhagavatam, poeticized. O Stoka Krishna and Amsu, O Sridam, Subal, and Arjun, O Vishal, Vishabha, O Jasvi, Deva Prasta, and Varutapa, look at these most fortunate trees whose lives are completely dedicated to the welfare of others, tolerating the wind, rain, heat, and snow, they provide cover for us. Brudge trees, Kijai. So Krishna's here. He has mentioned ten, ten boys. Hmm? These ten boys. The, the implication is here that these ten boys are surrounding him in love, on all ten directions. Hmm? All ten directions. This is the idea. Hmm? And this was a particular arrangement of Mother Yashoda that that morning. Every morning she's reluctant to let him go into the forest. It's a huge dramatic affair every eternal day. And every day she's choosing different boys, stand around him like this, protect him. You go this side, you go that side. So this is an arrangement for this day. Hmm? So all ten directions. So what we have Stoka Krishna, Amsu, Sridham and Subal, east, south, west and north. Later on, and then Arjun Vishal, Vishab, and Odisvi, southeast, southwest, northwest, and northeast. He's covered. We got all eight directions, and then we need up and down. Hmm? So then, what do we have? We have hmm, Deva Prasta protected from above by holding an umbrella over his head, hmm? and Varutapa protected from underneath by sweeping the ground ahead. For his feet. Hmm? So in this way, very beautifully, he's described as you can just imagine it. And he's surrounded by these these friends, 
some descriptions of which come are forthcoming in this chapter that were uh, just overwhelmingly charming and beautiful and profound. But here's this mandala now, hmm? this uh, jantra, hmm? all these prominent friends of Krishna surrounding him to be meditated upon. Hmm? And they consist of, the, the names that are listed, they consist of his sakas, who are younger boys, and his his um, 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 priyasakas, who are like the same age and um, have, ex- the priyasakas have some, their sakiras is bundled together with a tinge of, of, of dasaras. The priyasakas have exclusively only uh, Sakirasa, and then also Priyanarmas, whose Sakiras is influenced by Madhurya Rasa. These three, amongst the ten that I've mentioned, these three. There's a, there's an eleventh one worth noting, Sri Badrasen, Badrasen Kijai. He's the assistant of Balaram, and he is well coached by Jashoda, and so he's kind of choreographing the whole thing to keep it moving. You keep going there, move over there. Hmm? In this way, they're. Uh, uh, they've just come to stop, and Krishna's now going to has begun to glorify the trees, right? So he speaks to them hmm, like this. He calls out their names hmm, and uh, glorifies the trees, speaking about what the the the, the trees are magnanimous. Is, is the idea, right? Um, and uh, he's just said, you know, with their umbrella, they're providing shade for us. Um, and for others they do and so forth and then he says uh, that um, he asked one of his friends Subhakya say say something eloquently you have that ability hmm? speak eloquently you about the trees and he says oh, he defers to Krishna's eloquence one of his qualities that stand out Amongst his friends, and at our, uh, 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 is an udipana for Sakirati. Hmm? So he defers to Krishna. He says to him that, oh, uh, what? Uh, although he asked his friend Suvakya, say something in glorification of the trees, he deferred to Krishna's own eloquence, clever and pleasing to the ear, sweet in its diction, composition, and tone, suggesting that he, Krishna, accept that honor himself. Hmm? Thus Krishna spoke in glorification of the trees, all of which he said about them applied equally to his friends. So he's really increasing the circle of his friends, bringing the trees in. This is what he said. Oh, as is the case with Asadu, oh, as is the case with Asadu, from trees those who are in need do not leave in sorrow. Fulfilling their desires with leaves, flowers, fruits, shade, bark, wood, and roots, so too with their scent, sap, ashes, pulp, and shoots, their example should be followed. One's birth is successful if it ends in sacrifice for others. To do so with one's pran, wealth, thoughts, and words, pranir art there, with one's life, one's wealth, one's thoughts, intelligence, and one's words. So this way Krishna is speaking about the trees and he's thinking, if even trees 
can be like this. Certainly humans should be. What to speak of people who are Brahmins and and, uh, supposed supposed to be following my words in the scripture and so forth. So it's very unbecoming for such a person to be self-centered and lacking in in magnanimity and sharing and so forth. So we'll see as we go forward what he glorifies the trees for the purpose of distinguishing them from some humans who think of themselves superior or not, as evidenced from their self-centeredness. If, again, even trees can be magnanimous, certainly humans should be. And as we shall see ahead, such self-centered humans can also be wrapped in religious garb. Hmm? They can do it, express their their selfishness in in religious dress. How... He's saying here, how unbecoming. Hmm? He needs to be in the contemporary stage here. Hmm? Krishna. I mean, he's, he's calling it out. Religious fundamentalism. Right here. Hmm? Uh, wrapped in religious cloth and language and, and you're a selfish person. Hmm? Um, so... Uh, And thinking of such persons, he glorifies the trees. On the other hand here, Krishna is also glorifying us to the sacred trees of Braj that are kalpa rikshas and alokika in nature. It means they're, they're, they're transcendental, about which there is considerable ancient and up-to-day lore uh, about their generosity and supernaturalness. Hmm? As such now, Krishna schooled his friends on different levels. Hmm? Then the boys moved on casually, pasturing, herding, but filled with sobering, magnanimous thoughts in mind. And uh, and so they're, they're taking his, his advice very seriously. They have all these qualities themselves. But of course they think, oh, we should be more magnanimous. We should be more generous. That's what Krishna's telling us. Those who have the quality will think like that. Hmm? Others will think, well, I'm already pretty magnanimous. You know, I don't think, <laughs> think I need the lesson. You know. Uh, so there's just so, they're just like so ready to change. That's how you have to be, so ready to, how can I be better? Hmm? You tell me. Hmm? Okay, I'll do it. Hmm? This is this is what what they're what they're like, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty because we have to follow that example. That's a way in which example we can follow as sadhakas. We can't do certain things that they do. We can't wrestle with Krishna at the moment. We could be like this. Mm-hmm. This is the building block in the temple of of, of Prem mm-hmm. that you're building in your heart. So tell me more about them. So they go. Now they have to they have to water the cows, so they go to the Jamuna that Bhagavad describes, and and they let the cows drink first. Hmm? Only after the cows have drank to their full satisfaction, these thoughts are on their mind. Cows let the cows drink first, and then we will drink. And and they and and they drank with their hands, which is prohibited otherwise. You're supposed to put it in a glass, even in the Vedic culture, but it doesn't apply to cowherds. Hmm? Because 
This way they can be more like the cows hmm? themselves, closer to them. Serve cows, you have to be like them. Hmm? And the way they uh, conduct themselves in relation to the cows, as caretakers of the cows, the Bhagavatam, Sukadev speaking to Raj Parikshit, he's implying, just like you, Raj Parikshit, are a king, and as a king, you're living for the welfare of your constituents. I mean, if we put forward the idea that let's replace democracy with a monarchy, we wouldn't be very popular. <laughs> hmm? Right? Hmm. But if you understood the kind of kings that are being talked about in the Bhagavatam, like Marj Parikshit, everybody would vote for them. Hmm? Right? They lived, this was the, this was the standard, and they lived for only for the welfare of their constituents. So again, the same point is being brought up. Live for the welfare of others. Hmm? To give is, is, to, is to gain, is to grow, right? Love is about giving, not about getting. So, after watering the cows they, uh, and themselves, the boys leisurely herded the cows as they passed, as the day passed. But far from Vrindavan, as we mentioned, as they were, no one came from home to seek them out and deliver their lunch. So. Although trees are magnanimous, Ashok trees don't have fruits. So they were magnanimous in every way except supplying fruits. So they couldn't go to the turn to the trees. What will they do? They're hungry. They have to turn to Krishna, right? After watering the cows, so this was, of course, the unseen arrangement of Krishna, as I said earlier, that the lunch wasn't, they couldn't find him. Hmm? So the boys had become hungry, and so they approach Krishna. They they were a little embarrassed to do so, because Krishna just has been talking about selflessness and, and these high noble thoughts, you know, take you off your, your petty concerns and, and so forth. Uh, you know, you, you lose your appetite. Think not what you, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Nobody's thinking, pass the pizza, you know. Oh, that is like, I'm taken out of my body here with that idea. I'm, I've got it's much a much bigger idea now that I'm being brought into by your by your speech, sir. Something like that. And so this is the space they're in, but, but. You know, the hunger's coming on. Now, he said it a few minutes ago. You know, they've watered, they've drank, and okay. And so they're a little embarrassed, you know, to say it, and the trees aren't, haven't got any fruit. So a couple of boys are nudged and said, you know, you, you, you ask. So they get close enough to Christian to say it kind of quietly, but like, you know, we're hungry. Hmm? Uh, they're kind of suggesting, really, you must be hungry, Krishna. And they actually do know their own hunger, if they know, if I'm hungry, Krishna's hungry. It's got to be, because we are one. This is the equality, this sense of equality, somehow that's central to this fraternal love. Equals, friendship is for equals. They can, what you're like, I'm like, we're on the same page entirely. If I'm hungry, you're hungry. So they're thinking, I'm hungry, Krishna's hungry, 
Hmm? So they ask him, what do they say? Hmm? They approach the two brothers. Hmm? And here's what they say. Ram, Ram, your arms so long, so strong. Oh, Krishna, who worsts, worsts the wicked. We suffer from hunger, greatest enemy of all. Kindly meet our need before we fall. Hmm? They prayed to him like this. And they prayed to Ram. Hmm? And they prayed to Ram first. Because why? This is, this is of course, you now something that you had to hold on to for, for Sakirasa, if this is your ideal. They prayed to Ram first because they knew hmm? when Ram is pleased, Krishna is pleased. Hmm? So they followed the proper etiquette. Hmm? It's like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, if Nityananda is pleased, then, then, then I'm pleased. If you please him, I'm, you've got me. Hmm? So although they referred to his prowess, Balaram's mighty arms, they also implied that his name indicates that he lives, Ram means, only for the pleasure of Krishna. Oh, you, with strong arms, who are living only for the pleasure of Krishna. Being Krishna's friends, you should please us. This is their logic. You're hungry. Krishna must be hungry. Ram, you're living only for the pleasure of Krishna. And we're Krishna's friends, so Krishna will be pleased if you please us. So if it's, if I, let's go with this angle, right? To resolve the, the issue at hand here. Hmm? And they chanted then they, and then they chanted Krishna's name, stressing his prowess also in being able to worst or to vanquish the demons. Uh, the wicked, but also implying that because his name means what the highest bliss, Krishna, Krishna, etymologically speaking, Krishna, I mean, one of the meanings it removes suffering, gives the highest bliss. He should make them blissful and alleviate their hunger, which is the greatest enemy of all. Mm-hmm. If you are able to worst the wicked, there's nothing more wicked than hunger. Hmm? This is the worst thing. And, that, and of course, we'll get to this, but if you want to talk about Dharma, what's the right thing to do? And then if, if people are hungry, then you feed them. Hmm? This is like beyond the, the Dharmic common sense. This is Vedic culture. Hmm? No one should go hungry. No one should go to bed hungry. I mean, everybody kind of thinks like that, but but our culture is not set up like that, that every night when, when something's been cooked, someone goes outside, is anybody hungry? The prophet said to us, we should be like, anybody hungry? Anybody hungry? And then another come and feed them. Hmm? This is a uh, solution to world hunger is also being talked about in this uh, this chapter. Solution is Kirtan of Krishna's names, Ram's names. We'll, we'll see. It solved the, it ultimately solved the boy's hunger. But 
And uh, they chanted his name, stressing his prowess, uh, his, his ability to uh, give the highest bliss by delivering them from the most wicked of all, hmm? hunger. Hmm? Without, well, if you're hungry, what, you know, it's hard to do anything, right? In this Leela, the Bhagavatam informs us through the Gopas that Namkirtan has the power to end world hunger. Charmed by his friend's appeal, Krishna began to reveal hidden, his hidden purpose in wandering so far from Vrindavan on this particular day. Thus he told his friends to approach the Vedic Brahmins nearby, engaged in ritual, and ask them for food on behalf of Raman himself, referring to them as desirous of material acquisition, svarga kamyaya, the desire for heaven, the ultimate material attainment. Hmm? He indicated the Brahmins' selfishness, their ignorance and lack of insight into the purpose of the Veda, which is to attain, which is to attain none other than himself, his abode, right? He says, Kama is tais and also he says what you go to the David's planets you come back this is a roller coaster even you go to Brahma Loka the difference between my abode and all other abodes he says is what there's, there's no falling from there hmm? that's the difference basic difference hmm? don't make Krishna's planet like every other planet hmm he distinguishes it in this simple way in the Gita from all of the planets, that from which there is no return. Going there, one never returns. Hmm. Being there, one never wants to leave. It's luminous, self-luminous. means it's, it's, it's enlightening. Hmm. There's no darkness, no prospect for that. We're, if we don't have that as a goal, if that's not the case... What are we doing here? <laughs> we might as well pursue something else that's temporary in the short term and get it. And then something else and then something else and just go on doing that. Hmm? No, we have to, uh, we want a goal that's eternal. Hmm? It's sat and it's jit. It's full of light. It's luminous. There's no darkness or ignorance there. And it's ananda. Hmm? It's sambit. Sandini, sambit, ladini. See how important this point is, right? If your goal is, if, the, if your ideal is, if your perfection is subject to imperfection, it's not perfection. Perfection is so perfect that it can transform imperfection into perfection. But if it could be transformed into imperfection, it would never have been perfect in the first place. So our own condition of imperfection which we readily acknowledge or should hmm, is also speaks to us of our striving for perfection. I mean, we, we live, that's what we live for. I've said it before, worth repeating. We live for those moments that we go beyond what was previously our limitations. Even if it's, as I've given an example, you know, one ten thousand with second faster, you run. You get the gold medal and its headlines and the world celebrates. Hmm? 
if it goes in the basket without touching the rim. It's perfect. We're living for those moments. That's what we're living for. We're living for what the Atma, the self, the soul, is about. It's not subject to the limitations and the imperfections of the of, of, and the temporality, the here today and the gone tomorrowness of the world. It's not subject to that. So we're looking for partial examples of that. We're looking for ourselves. We're, we're looking. We, we go to the movie and we want we like those ones where at least I do everyone lives happily ever after I don't like those <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what it's like I guess <laughs> I'm not a big big fan of some features of postmodernism but but, but they lived happily ever after. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's how we would like it to be. And the good news is, that's not what it's like, but it could be like that for you. There is a possibility if you know yourself, just by knowing yourself and its potential, right? So, so they anyway they wanted they had swarga come in, they had the material desires. They're less intelligent. They didn't understand what the Vedas are about. They couldn't sort through it hmm? and arrive at Krishna's abode, right? So Krishna told his friends, what? Ask for rice on behalf of myself and Ram. And thus, he asked them, go chant my names and beg. Go do Nam Kirtan and beg. When you do Nam Kirtan, you beg people, please hear the holy name. What are they begging for? They're going to beg to the Brahmins, chanting the name of Krishna, hmm, for the Brahmins to serve Krishna. That's what they're begging for. They're going to beg in the context of chanting that please come and serve Krishna. Hmm? In the context of asking for food for Krishna. Right? Hmm? So this is a solution to world hunger. Hmm? That's our thesis. Hmm? But he also suggested to them, given now he's a little preaching strategy on Krishna's part. Okay, go do Hari Nam Sankirtan, but you know, no, don't wear two different colored socks when you're doing that. And <laughs> and and by the way, do you know how to sing? No. Okay, maybe somebody else in the group. Okay, you you should lead the kirtan. And do you know how to play the cartels? Uh, no, but it, then maybe we should put him in somebody else's hand here. So there's a little strategy to that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he says, he's thinking of a strategy. So, so and, and, and when you go, first ask on behalf of Sankarshan, my brother, older brother. And he gives the name Sankarshan. It's one of the names for Ram. It's the name of Brahm, Balaram, that he's more well-known by in terms of being dharmic and uh, and he's more clearly a chatriya. His father was Vasudev. Whether Vasudev was the father of Krishna or not, you know, not, we don't know what his caste is. That's the problem with it. But clearly, uh, they, they, they all register with this. This is the preaching strategy. Invoke Shankarshan's name first 
and then in, in the context of chanting and and beg for them for some some food, right? So um, thus the boys followed Krishna's instruction. They approached prayerfully with folded palms and bold and bowed humbly before the Brahmins. However, the brilliance of their forms and the spotless character and their spotless character far outshone those before whom they bowed as the holy names of Ram and Krishna danced on their tongues and Sattvikabhavas in ecstasy decorated their limbs. They had all intention of bowing before the Brahmins, but ultimately they had no choice but to fall before them in the ecstasy of the holy name. Although Krishna told them to mention that he had come on behalf of Balaram, and thus to mention his name first, out of their special affection for Krishna, they mentioned his name first. They deviated from the strategy. Because they loved him more than Ram. whose own object of love is Krishna and who by his example taught all his friends that Krishna exceeded himself as the perfect object of Sakirasa. Jai Balaram Jai. Jai. But the Brahmins, a virtual mountain of pride, could not recognize the volcano of Sakyaprane before them with its lava capable of turning their ritual perspective into rubble. Thus they showed the beautiful boys no respect, and in fact ignored them altogether. However, the natural humility of the boys caused them to think, the boys to think the fault was theirs, perhaps for not mentioning Sankarshan's name first, as Krishna had instructed them. I mean, they're so simple and so beautiful at the same time. But the boys were simple at heart and straightforward. They were also humble, but they weren't fools. Mm. Hmm. This reminds me of something. Something happened once. I was a young young man, about 23, and was the first. Uh, I think it was, uh, it was. I think it was 1975. It must have been 24, 25, I think it was 25. I had been in Prabhupada's mission for about three three or four years, and uh, we came to uh, my festival, this was the second one, and Prabhupada had told me, as I mentioned the other night, the first festival, every month, every year you come to Vrindavan, spend one, Vrindavan and Viper spend one month with me, the rest of the year you travel and preach. So there I came in 1975, and... Um, there was this thing called the Governing Body Commission, which, like, you know, you might have heard about it. Um, there was one guy in Los Angeles who was one of the members, and okay, you know, there was some whatever, Governing Body Commission. So they, they called me before them to come before the council. I thought, well, what do they want? The council wants to talk to me. What have I done wrong? <laughs> so I came before the council. In those days, they used to meet for three days, and then they would go to Prabhupada, and they would say, we, 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 we decided to, to 
to uh, uh, voted on this resolution, then we approved that one, and, and probably would go yay or nay, and so forth. And that was it. It was a three-day. He, he only allowed them to meet for three days. And it was supposed to be a meeting to talk about how to preach and expand the mission and so forth. So there was a lot of nays that Prabhupada you know, came up with, things they wanted to do. They wanted to, you know, Prabhupada wanted to run the movement by love and trust. As I said the other day, Prabhupada believed in his disciples. He gave them the holy name. He believed. He had faith in the power of the name. Hmm? And he believed that in the way that his disciples embraced the name and chanted, he believed in them. So because he believed in them, they believed in him. And they did unbelievable things. Hmm? That's what can happen. Hmm? Right? Hmm. A great person is one, who, what is it, who believes in others. Right? Hmm? That empowers them. Right? That makes him great. So, so at any rate, um, I went before the GBC and I didn't know what they wanted, but they said, uh, okay, who is your GBC? Because I was traveling around. Because Prabhupada told me the year before, personally, you travel everywhere and preach every year and come back and spend one month with me. So I was like kind of working under Prabhupada. I didn't even think about it. Hmm? I had gone from Los Angeles to Australia in the end of 1973 and then I was invited to go to the festival in early the winter and spring of 74 so I went from Australia to, to, to India and that's when Prabhupada told me that you come every year and travel and it just so happened that while I was in Australia the GBC man of Los Angeles where I was staying previously in New Dwarka he happened to do what they call bloop which is like he fell back into the ocean of material existence. I guess that's what it meant. I don't know. Bloop. So, so you know, and I heard about that in Australia. This guy was, uh, you know, the manager, leader there, and so forth. I was, whoa, you know. I said, well, I remembered my, my commitment. I said to myself, I don't know why, but I said to myself, just before I got initiated by Prabhupada, I'm never leaving this. Even if everybody else leaves, I'm not leaving that's how I made that kind of, just had that sense. I don't know why, but now I understand. <laughs> Some people leave, and it can be, you know, if you're dependent on them, well, then it could be a problem. So, of course, Prabhupada was once asked, why so many big devotees, advanced devotees, are leaving? And Prabhupada said, advanced devotees don't leave. You make you rethink what is an advanced devotee? Somebody just can organize and manage and has some charisma, uh, you know, not necessarily. You might blame Prabhupada. Some of people have, I've heard do that, some of his own disciples, for putting people in charge who, who, who weren't pure or something like that. But what Prabhupada did was just like, what are you going to do if a guy's a manager? He's gonna, that's what he's going to do. There's guys like that, right? Or gals like that. They're just managers. They got to manage, hmm? and they're going to flourish in that themselves personally. Hmm? And so those guys come forward. I'll do, I want to do some. I'll, I'll organize that Prabhupada. Okay. Hmm? And the other guys are not like that. They, they don't say they're not bad. Nothing wrong with them. Hmm? They're not deficient in anything. But that's just not their nature. So the guys who had that kind of nature, 
you know, they came forward and for that kind of a thing. I was not a manager, but I had my own thing that I did. And so, so Prabhupada said, okay, you know, so that we'll go with that. And do it in the context of Krishna consciousness and hope they work together. Well, you know, you're going to hope for the best, right? He believed in them. Okay, do it. You know, didn't always work out, but uh, what else is he supposed to do? Pick somebody that's pure that doesn't know how to manage? <laughs> that won't work either. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you don't know who's pure. It takes time to find out, you know, if you're going to be some environment's going to take a toll on you and whatever. So, so at any rate, at, there I was called up before the GBC and they said, uh, you don't have a GBC. Who's your GBC? And so I'm thinking, who's my GBC? You know, um, <laughs> it was this other guy a year ago and he left and I was invited to Andy and Prabhupada told me to do what I'm doing and I, I didn't, hadn't even thought about it, you know, it wasn't even on my mind. I thought, and, uh, but I, w and there they were, you know, this was the GBC. It's like the Wizard of Oz, you know. Like, well, I was behind the curtain, and I was simple in a way. And I thought I must have done something wrong. They called me, but I wasn't a fool, like these coward boys. I wasn't a fool, so I could under into it. Oh, I see. They want, they want, and they were especially the sannyasis. They want to control me. I sell books. I raise a lot of money. I used to give it all to the to the book fund. I said, just live out of a bag, you know. Some of you also did this, and we just whatever we we if we travel, we fill it up with a change of clothes and so forth, and then get to the next destination, empty it out, and fill it with books. And then we'd go out and we would sell the books. We come back, count the money, send it to the book fund, or you know, for some some project, whatever. We didn't spend it. We didn't think how we're going to spend it, right? We just gave it. Okay, we collected it and. Trustingly, we give somebody else to spend uh, who is a manager or whatever. <laughs> so uh, uh, these were all managers. I thought these guys want somebody wants to, they want to control me. This what they want me in their zone, and then they're going to say where the money should go, where it shouldn't go, and so forth. So well, whatever, that's what they do, I guess. Uh, and then I could see particularly that a couple of the sannyasis, they, they, I could read their minds. This guy's thinking he's going to come with me. I'm a you know. I'm gonna train him up, you know, whatever. So, I was single at the time. I had been married when I joined, but uh, my wife left, and and so forth. Another story. But um, so, I had been living the life of of ease for a while there, <laughs> and uh, and so they anyway. So they said, who, "Who who is your GBC?" You know, and it was kind of like whoa. And I so I said, I said, "Well, so and so was my GBC, but he blooped." And then I. You know, was they all like? <laughs> it was a real, real good answer. <laughs> I could tell you that they didn't know what to, how to handle that one. I, I threw them, they threw me a fastball and they hit a home run. You know, <laughs> okay, that was out of the park. Now what? <laughs> you still want to talk? You know, but I was nice about it and respectful and everything. <laughs> so um, they said, well, um, well, you know, if you then if you were to have one, who would you choose? You know, that, that, that's how they fielded it, you know. And so then again, it started to rise up, you know. This one thought, you know, he's going to get, I'm going to get this guy, I'm going to get that guy. So I picked a householder, hmm, rather than one of the sannyasis. And, that, and then I saw the, all the sannyasis, like, <laughs> coming out of there, they couldn't figure me out, you know. <laughs> but I had figured I had them figured out. So I picked a nice householder and, uh, 
and uh, and he was quite surprised and so forth. Anyway, um, I just thought of it because you know I was a little simple-hearted at the time, but I wasn't a fool either. <laughs> and they, they just to end the story, they took the you know three days over. They took the yeas with the resolutions to Prabhupada, and they got to this one and they said, and uh, Tripararidas, and Prabhupada said. He sat up. This is what they told me. Three of them, um, one sannyasi and two householders. They came afterwards and told me. Um, they they said Prabhupada sat up and opened his eyes and said, "What has he done?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they went. Mm-hmm. And before they could, they said, "Prabhupada, he uh, he doesn't have a GBC." And Prabhupada said, "He does not need a GBC." <laughs> <laughs> He is doing what what you're supposed to do. This is like you know, the perfection of management is to manage yourself out of a job. Hmm? That's what that's what that's what it's about, right? That you that by example people become inspired and they want to do it, and if they want to do it, then you don't have to tell them to do it, right? And you don't have to tell them how because they're going to want to do it right and, and and so forth. So I was spontaneously going around and apparently doing something that he wanted. <laughs> his, his generous nature accepted my service as such. So the coward boys were something like this, or I was something like them and remotely <laughs> reminded. They weren't fools. So um, they were humble, they were straightforward, simple at heart, but they weren't fools. Thus, while at first they considered that they may have been at fault for the Brahmin's lack of response to the request on behalf of Ram and Krishna, having not mentioned Ram's name first, as Krishna told them, they quickly understood the minds of the priests and spoke further in words layered with lessons the Brahmins would have done well to heed. Here's what they said. Shall I say it? Yeah. <laughs> Ram and Achutya, tending their cows, are hungry now. Are hungry now. They want cooked rice from you. Among those who understand the essence of Dharma, surely you are the best. Thus, if you have faith in these two, please give them the cooked rice they request. So, if you're listening here, you know, of course, they have just cited the concluding verse of the Bhagavad Gita here. That's what they've done. Of course, they referred to Krishna as a chutta. Hmm? That's another point. It's common amongst the Gaudiya Vaishnavas when, it, when and if they should be asked, "What is your, what is your gotra, what is your family lineage, or what is your caste?" Those type of bodily considerations in terms of identity, to reply, "What? What is your gotra, Subal? Achutya gotra, hmm? which means we are part of the family of Krishna." Hmm? We're not in the Barnashram. Naham vipro nacha narapatirna pivaisho nasudro. Naham barni nacha kriyapatir no yanapas manastoyatirva. Kintu projan nikila paramananda punamritabdir. Gopi bhatuhu parakamalayo dastas anudasa. A new identity, a different body, a gopa body, a gopi body. Servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna, lover of the gopis. Hmm? And I'm part of the Achutta Gotra. 
So they, they, this is a point they're they're making here. Hmm? That this is uh, what Ram and the Chuta described as being hungry because of the labor of herding cows. Okay. Furthermore, Goseva never ends. Thus, they were too busy to come themselves for ask for rice. In this way, the cowards explained the reason for the brother's request. Here the cowards refer to Krishna by his epithet Achutya, infallible. Hmm? I've explained that. Um, the efforts within uh, Varnashram or the pursuit of an identity tied to your blood line lineage, your DNA, you know, history, hmm? um, or your Varna within the Hindu social system, um, efforts within this, the, the, in, in relation to this identity, are all uh, fallible, right? Hmm. Whatever you get, you, you will lose. Whereas in the Achyuta Gotra, this is the family of bhakti, then uh, whatever you gain, it is from bhakti is irrevocable. Hmm? So they're they're making this point to them just by they're they're teaching them they 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 they're speaking here a little sarcastically. Hmm? They're respectful, but they're they they're wise too. So they're a little sarcastic, calling them. The, the best of the, those who know the essence of Dharma, the best of Dharma Bittaha, hmm? best of the Dharmic people. Hmm? But they invoke the name of Chutta for the purposes I mentioned. Furthermore, hmm, well, uh, what they actually say here said was, and this is how we get the Gita from this verse, what? Those who have exclusive faith in Krishna have fully understood Dharma. They said, Oh, best of the Dharmic people, if you have faith in Krishna, then please give us some cooked rice and fulfill his request. Hmm? Achyuta and Ram have asked of this. So what they've actually said was, those who have exclusive faith in Krishna have fully understood Dharma. They are Dharma Maha, as explained in the Gita. Quote the verse, Dharma Sarvadharma Purityaja. In this concluding verse of the Gita, Krishna says that those who surrender in Sharanagati to him alone transcend Varnashram Dharma. And Sharanagati is the outward expression of Shraddha or divine faith. Ultimately, the Brahmins were not such persons. Hmm. So they're preaching to them kind of subtly. Hmm? Then again, of course, they are Brahmins, and, you know, Prem Bhakti is difficult to understand. Thus, the Brahmins thought, among other things, if Krishna is God, which maybe that's what these guys are trying to tell us, how can he be hungry? In this way, they rationalized their refusal to even acknowledge the presence of the boys or their request and demonstrate their lack of acquaintance with the essence of Dharma, which is samsidhiraditoshanam. The perfection of Dharma is the pleasure of Hari. They had not looked into the heart of an actual Mahajan. I quoted this earlier. Dharmasya tattvam nihitam guhayam. Hmm? 
Mahajanoyinigatasapanta. The truth about Dharma is hidden away in the hearts of Mahajanas. Nor could they recognize the pure hearts that these sakas wore on their sleeves. Hmm? These were Maha 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 Bhagavatas standing in front of them, hmm? chanting Krishna Nam and trembling in ecstasy, falling on the ground, weeping. They couldn't, they, they, you know. They just ignored them. Hmm? We'll see the contrasts, how the wives responded. It gets better. <laughs> Although it is, uh, I think we've gone far enough for this part. We'll finish uh, coming to the second uh, second part this evening. See, Ramakrishna ki jai, Kantarashrimad Bhagavata ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi, Gaur Premanandi,